What's up, everybody? It's Coulter Nuanez from your favorite daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now, which airs live each weekday between 4 and 6 p.m. on 102.9 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide television, SWX Montana TV, and worldwide on the ESPN MT app. And of course, as you're listening right now, you can always find Nuanez Now archived as well on the Nuanez Now podcast. One of the biggest events on campus every single year at Montana State is the MSU Spring Rodeo. Get rodeo ready with the MSU Bookstore all month long. MSU Rodeo tees and equine accessories will be available starting on April 10th. All month long, you can get three t-shirts for $25, two crewnecks for $50, or two hoodies for $55. Go check out all the great rodeo gear at the Montana State Bookstore on the MSU campus. The Montana State Bookstore also does a great job of giving back some of their proceeds to help reduce textbook costs for students across the MSU community. And of course, it's your go-to place to get your blue and gold on game day or any other day. Montana State's rodeo team, as prestigious and nationally powerful as they come. So if you're planning on heading to the spring rodeo, swing by the MSU bookstore first. When you're in need of some Bobcat gear, Go check out the Montana State Bookstore located in the Strand Union Building on the Montana State campus in Bozeman, Montana. It's time for Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. They're, they're just, the weather gods are just taunting us at this point. Is, is this is this rain or snow? Sleet? <laughs> I don't even know what's going on. This is how you know karma's real. I have on the very top of our outline here at Nuanas Now to start off by talking about golf, specifically our great friends at Canyon River. I also just sent an email all about golf to another potential partner, And of course, because I'm writing and talking about golf, we still have winter weather here uh, in the state of Montana, especially here in western Montana. What's up, everybody? Hope you're having a great day. (laughs) At least I'm not on the golf course right now, I guess. It's got to stop. I feel like I deserve this because I've been... As somebody that's lived most of my life in Montana and, and uh, I'm very proud of being a Montanan, I've been sort of tongue-in-cheek egging on the unbelievably uh, deep winter that we've had. I said, anybody and everybody that's new around here, you need to get acclimated. Well, the joke's done. I'm over it. <laughs> It's got to stop. It's, it's, it's April 19th for Pete's sake. We need some sunshine. Multiple days in a row. Bring it on. Anyways, you're not here to talk about the weather. You're here to talk about all sorts of sports. 
Montana State has been a sort of the lead of this show for a little while now because there's been so much overturn going on at the university and the athletic department specifically around the basketball teams and really specifically around the men's basketball team. Today, officially official, the announcement of Matt Logie as the new head coach for the Bobcats. He gave his introductory press conference today. It, so I, won't, I won't bore you with the logistics of the whys, we were not there because I am sitting here uh, at the ESPN MT studio here at Missoula Broadcasting Company. I'm going to Bozeman on Friday, so I figured that was a waste of time and money to go there, come back, and go there again. And uh, certainly would cost my life savings to stay there for multiple days in a row. So uh, I decided to just do this thing remotely. We have a couple of sound bites from Matt Logie. We're also efforting Coach Logie to come on the show uh, for his Nuanez Now debut, which I hope is then the beginning of uh, a weekly segment like we did forever with Danny Sprinkle. Um, we do have a couple things, uh, a couple bites from, from the press conference today. We also have some discussion points uh, about Matt Logie's hiring. I've been thinking about it a little more since the news broke on Monday. We got into it on Monday, but I've had a little bit more time to, to hash it out. We're also going to talk NBA playoffs. Uh, for a good amount of this show, I've been all the way in on the playoffs. I got a lot of stuff to say. A- analysis of, of the current field that exists, analysis of the way the NBA has shifted, analysis of, of the biggest tipping point that's hit the NBA, the uh, the load management, the phenomenon of load management, and how that's influenced and impacted the seeds, but also how that's influenced and impacted these first-round matchups and what we might see and what we have seen. Austin Green, our... Uh, uh, Ramblin' man, he's been all over the place. Uh, he is a University of Montana graduate and a guy who's worked as a scout in the NBA. He's worked as a global scout independently. And he's working currently for a data analytics and scouting company called Cerebros, which is owned by Mark Cuban. Uh, so he will join us to talk NBA. Always a fun guy to talk pro basketball with. He has seen... Victor Webb and Yaba in person. So I I had to ask him about that, but he also has some thoughts on all the first-round playoff matchups. So we'll talk with Austin as part of our ESPN roundtable in hour number two. We also have some discussion, some further discussion about the difference between the NBA and college basketball. I, I know that people that love college basketball think I'm a hater for saying that the basketball that we're watching right now in the NBA is so far superior that it's not even close. But I don't think that's an opinion. I think that's a fact. And I think that the things that you like about college basketball, if you like college basketball more than the NBA, those are valid. But but saying that it's because of the quality of the game is just a false statement. It's just utterly, objectively false. And so I want to talk about that a little bit. And we'll, of course, because I'm going to be ranting and raving and probably making a lot of you mad, we'll give you some free wings during that part of the show as well. So uh, it is a Wednesday Wing It Wednesday presented by the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Coming up about 40 minutes, we'll have a dozen wings for you to the Despo. I also had a great discussion about the movie Air, but also just about the phenomenon of time and place and the rise of one-of-a-kind stars. We, we did that last week with Rajim Seabrook, and I sort of want to rehash some of my thoughts with Andrew Houghton, so we'll talk about that uh, a little bit as well. So tons of basketball, because even though college basketball season is over, a professional basketball season at its height, and college basketball season, the, the portal is never going to stop churning. 
the, the news around college basketball seems to be endless, even though we are several weeks now from uh, the end of the NCAA tournaments on both the men's and women's side. So uh, even though it seems like we're getting into summer sports, we're just not quite yet. A lot of basketball talk today and for several weeks moving forward. That's your show outlook here on Nuanas Now. Thanks so much for tuning in on your Wednesday. You are listening to ESPN Radio. You're watching on SWX Montana Television, and you're streaming on the ESPN MT app. Thanks so much for being here, no matter how you are here. You can always also stream on our station website, 1029ESPN.com. And if you want to be a part of the show, text us, call us, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. All guests will join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. You can call and or text that uh, number at any time throughout the next couple hours here on the show. Canyon River is open. We are happy to be uh, partnered with Canyon River again. I think the the seventh summer in a row that we have been partners with our great friends out in East Missoula. I've played the course twice. It's in great shape uh, for early. I mean, it's a great shape, period, but particularly for early season and uh, looking forward to uh, getting back out there. Hilarious because I've only gotten one full 18 round, 18 hole round in, in my three attempted 18 hole rounds. I won't bore you with the whys of why they didn't finish up, but I got 15 holes in two times in a row and had to, had to leave early both times to come do this here fine radio show. And uh, then I also uh, got 18 in over the weekend out the ranch club, and uh, that was fun. Um, I had a nine on hole 12. That was great. That was my first blow-up hole of the year. Uh, would have been probably in the high 70s or low 80s if it wasn't for that. Uh, but came in at 84. Not bad when you got a nine on the card, especially for me. I was happy with myself, though. My first 19 holes of this year, I got 13 pars, but there's a couple caveats. I did not play the final four holes of my first round. And then I got part. My, I parred the first three holes of the season at Canyon River. That, I was feeling great after that. Made a long one on two, which is such a tough hole. Uh, feeling great. And then, of course, you know, you always re- regress back to the mean. That, that's why golf always keeps you coming back for more. But it's just like fantasy football. Nobody cares about your fantasy team. Nobody cares about your handicap. Nobody cares what you're doing. All I know is I'm feeling optimistic and good about my, uh, my golf game. I reached a, a high-water mark a couple summers ago. Got down to about a 10 which, which for me is good. Uh, and then last summer ballooned all the way up to a 14 and a half. Then worked as hard as I could on a whole bunch of different things. That's why I ballooned up so much because I was working on so many things. And then uh, got back down to about an 11 and a half by the time the season ended. And uh, so we're trying to get into single digits this year. I won't bore you too much with that quest. The point is, Cannon River, in great shape, they also have another brand new fleet of carts. They've replaced, they've replaced their carts several times already. Uh, over the last uh, half a dozen years, we've been partnered with them, and uh, the carts right now are looking awesome. So go check out, check out Canyon River out there uh, in East Missoula, and uh, we'll keep giving you updates on all the happenings out there at one of the pristine public golf courses in the Northwest United States. We are also, speaking of basketball, still looking for a couple winners. Our our main bracket, we've tracked you all down. Our, our ESPN MT 2023 Bracket Challenge We've tracked you all down. So you will have your prizes coming to you in one way or another, whether it's you coming down here to pick them up, us sending them to you. 
I didn't know they could do this, but our great friends at UpTop, they can send uh, digital email gift cards. So you'll be getting those in the uh, the email soon. So that's pretty cool. And uh, some of our Zooktown sports cards, prize packages, those are on the way out the door uh, as well. So expect those. But we are still looking for um, our fifth place winner in the main bracket and then a couple of our second chance bracket winners as well. So if by chance you're listening, here's the three usernames we still need to hear from. And we're going to have to put a cap on this. A couple things are going to happen. One, in radio, if, you're, if your prize goes unclaimed for a certain number of days, then it becomes null and void. And we have to either give it away to somebody else or return it to the client. Uh, but also, the ESPN bracket will go away as well. We do have screenshots of it, but... Once the bracket goes away, this has got to go away. So we're only going to do this for a little bit longer. But if by chance you're listening, if you are ESPN fan 124047745, that's obviously an auto-generated name. But if you by chance are that person or you are I am Radomir, that's I-M-R-A-D-O-M-I-R, or if you're C. Scott M. 80, any of those people, please... Text us, 406-888-1029. We got gift cards and prizes for you. ESPN fan, 124047-7495. I am Radomir or C. Scott M. 80. I'm not going to sit here and do that again. So those are the names, and uh, we'll, 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 we'll maybe shout you out one or two more times, but it's a call to action if you are those people. Call us or text us. Nuanas Dow, ESPN Radio. Uh, Matt Logie introduced as the head men's basketball coach at Montana State today. We were not able to attend, but we do have a couple uh, bits from his press conference. One storyline that we had reported throughout the weekend when we first identified Logie as a candidate and then one of the two finalists, basically, for this MSU job, that then it seemed as if this detail and this, uh, this connection, one, surprised people. And two, sort of blew their minds. They must not be reading enough Skyline Sports. I thought this was a, a known story. But there's a lot of reactions on Twitter that they thought this was crazy. So Matt Logie actually has deep connections to the University of Montana. Why is that? Well, Matt Logie, he hails from the Seattle area. And he is the grandson of Ed Pepple. Ed Pepple is the legendary high school basketball coach from Mercer Island High School. Mercer Island, just outside of Seattle, it's a very affluent high school that also has a tremendous men's basketball team. Quinn Snyder famously went there. He was the national player of the year there before then going on and playing at Duke. Quinn Snyder then, of course, has risen through the ranks and now is the head coach of the Atlanta Hawks. Also, Travis DeCure played at Mercer Island High School for Ed Pepple. Travis DeCure, of course, then went on to star at Montana in the early 1990s. And then now is entering his 10th season as the head coach for the Montana men's basketball team. One of, if not Coach DeCure's first coaching jobs was coaching the freshman at Mercer Island High School. When guess who was a freshman there at Mercer Island? Matt Logie. <laughs> so Logie was the ball boy at Mercer Island when Coach DeKeer first started coaching there, maybe when he was, was still playing there. And then Logie played at Mercer Island when Coach DeKeer was coaching there. Coach DeKeer has talked about Ed Pepple as one of his primary mentors throughout his life. Uh, often, uh, 
TD has said that many times. Logie then, when he first became the head coach at Whitworth, uh, he tacked his old buddy into playing him pretty much every year. And, and Montana and Whitworth played, I think, four exhibition games and then one true regular season non-conference game uh, over the last handful of years. Last time Whitworth was here in Missoula, they gave the Grizz a good game. And I think that that was the moment where Travis Secure said, hey, we can't be playing Whitworth anymore just, just because they are a D3 school. Well coached. I thought they executed tremendously well. But th- that's sort of the tie that binds is Matt Logie does have a connection to the state of Montana, but it's on now his rival's side, and that'll be fascinating. The next Cacker is, I'm sure. I mean, these guys are both pros. These guys are both in- – I'm sure- I mean, I don't know how Logie is, but I'm assuming he's intense. Most college coaches are. Travis DeCure is undeniably intense. These guys will certainly be ready to roll for the rivalry matchups for sure. But – in the back of their minds, they, they can't help but probably feel some pride with coaching against each other, probably feel proud of each other. Uh, it'll be an interesting experience for a guy that Coach DeCure's known since he was a kid uh, to be going heads up against him in one of the fiercest rivalries uh, in all of the Big Sky Conference in all of college hoops. So that'll be an interesting fold as well. A couple sound bites here from Matt Logie from today from his initial press conference at Montana State. Here's an homage to his grandfather, which is the tie that binds between now Montana State's new men's basketball coach and the veteran head coach at the University of Montana. This is not just what I do. It's a lifestyle that's been ingrained in me since I was born. And it's been ingrained in me through the life and the impact of my late grandfather, Ed Peppel, who coached at Mercer Island High School outside of Seattle for 42 years. I know he's looking down today with a huge smile on his face, and he's probably waiting to remind me of the importance of offensive rebounding, to which... I usually reply, if we make the shot, you don't have to rebound. (laughs) Grandpa, I love you. I'm here because of you. And your basketball family has just taken on a whole new branch on our family tree. I'm sneezing while Matt Logie is talking. This is real-time radio, baby. (laughs) But Matt Logie here on ESPN Radio. And uh, it's always great to give homage to those that came before you, especially when they did have this big of an influence and, and you know, dictated the path of your life. And I thought that was cool that Matt Logie did that. And I also thought that was a great line. <laughs> and Peppel would always say, offensive boards. Matt Logie would always say, you don't need a rebound if the shot just goes in. I think uh, it's funny because I didn't have any idea what Danny Sprinkle would be like as the head coach at Montana State, but I totally assumed that his style would be very much like he was as a player. Sprinkle as a player was a slick shooting, you know, up and down offensive oriented guard who could get his own shot. He was one of the best three point shooters in in the history of the league uh, when his career was all said and done. And Montana state for all of their strengths over the last couple of years were the opposite of that. Sprinkle was not necessarily a defensively inclined player. He was absolutely a hard-nosed, defensive-minded coach who won with toughness. And so, uh, there's to me, I, I think that it's funny to see the reactions around the state of Montana right now. The fact that Sprinkle left abruptly and left Montana State in a tough situation and the fact that Montana State has seen this mass exodus of some of their top returners, like Raekwon Battle and Great Osabar and Darius Brown and Robert Ford all enter the portal. I think that there's a, a notion, I'm not saying this is the overwhelming notion amongst the Montana State fan base, but it seems like there's this notion that the sky is falling. We're going to get into some of the details of all of this, but 
I can tell you this. I have no mystery around how I know Matt Logie's teams are going to play. I've seen Matt Logie's teams play. He has a tried-and-true record that is as impressive as any I've ever seen. It doesn't matter what the level of basketball is. If you're winning 25 games every single year, you can coach. It also means that you have the ability to choose players to put into your system because your system is what works. Danny Sprinkle ran a player-driven system. It was so much about the talent and not necessarily about what you run, although Sprinkle does have some some pretty good stuff. But I'm not I wouldn't say he's a guy that's, you know, drawing it all up and, and you know, getting you eight to ten points out of timeouts. He's not like a Brad Stevens type. He's a he's a hard-nosed motivator who instilled toughness and expectations in his guys. But then he also brought in some of the top-level talent that the big guys seen in the last couple of years, namely guys like Battle and Osabar. That was the way Sprinkle wanted to win. Logie, the records are the same for 12 years. Therefore, the players are a part of it, but it's the system that is the main factor to winning. I can tell you exactly how Matt Logie's teams play. They're going to have great guard play. They're going to shoot it. They're going to shoot a bunch of threes. They're going to run an absolutely incredibly well-executed offense. Now, will that translate to success? I don't know. He's going to have to find toughness in the Big Sky Conference. He's going to have to acclimate to all the wonky things in the Big Sky, like the crazy travel, you know, the crazy travel partners, multiple time zones, and and these crazy trips that you have to go on, completely unbearable tip times, and, and a league that's seen so much turnover. So in the long term, I really don't know how he can, he will do, and I don't have any predictions on that. But I do know that the guy can coach X's and O's basketball. To me, there's three different types of coaches you can hire when you have a coaching opening. You can hire a rebuilder. That's what I think Idaho at least hopes that they hired in Alex Pribble. Matt Logie was in the mix for that job. But I think Pribble got the the nod because they needed a, a guy who's going to be out in front of everybody, marketing the program, rebuilding it, selling a vision, all that sort of stuff. I don't know if that's Matt Logie. I don't know if it's Alex Pribble either, but that's why Pribble got the Idaho job. So you could you could hire a rebuilder, or you could hire a, a player type coach, a guy that's going to go get players, a guy that's going to recruit players, and then make them fit together, get as much talent as you can, fit the pieces together. That's what Danny Sprinkle did. Or you can hire the guy who's just an ace coach. That's Matt Logie. Now is Montana State's foundation as a program elevated enough? For you just get for getting the ace coach in there to just straight win, we shall see. Will Matt Logie's lack of Division One connections hurt him in terms of acquiring players? We shall see. But to me, if you're a Montana State person, or, or if you're anybody that follows the Big State Conference, and you're wondering about all the factors that go into this, the one factor I would not worry about is whether the the stuff that Matt Logie's going to run works. It works to the tune of twenty five wins per year. He did it at D3. He did it at D2. Now, can he make it work at D1? There's more factors that go into that, specifically the talent of players and just enduring the state of Division I basketball as it is right now with all these moving parts and, uh, you know, the ins and outs of the transfer portal and all this sort of stuff. So uh, most of the analysis of this is to be determined, but the system itself, I think, is tried and true. Here is Matt Logie about Exactly that, the current state of affairs in college basketball. 
Through the excellence that has occurred here, one can see a proof of concept that the combination of a strong culture, deep relationships with players and alumni, and an engaged and supportive community, that all leads to excellence. So as I'm sure everyone is wondering, what's next? Well, the first thing we're going to do is get down to work getting the right people in place to win championships. I'm a big believer that it starts with your people. That grows into your culture, and that allows you to prepare properly. And once the preparation is done, it's time to execute when the lights come on. That's how winning gets done. That's the only way I know how to do this. At the core of this basketball family, for us, will be four core values. Trust, love, commitment, and servanthood. Those have been the driver of all of the excellence that we have been a part of as a basketball family. I believe that it is our daily actions that fall in line with those values that make success possible. And when that happens, results follow. To the fans at Montana State, many of whom are here today, we need you now more than ever. I know the recent days have brought a lot of adversity, uncertainty, and change, but that's often how opportunity is disguised. We have a plan, we have a process, and it's gonna be fun, so buckle up. Bobcat family, you have shown what is capable here in Bozeman, Big Sky Championship, victories over the Grizz, as well as NCAA tournament appearances. That is why we're here. There's no such thing as a four-year plan in today's college basketball environment. We came here to win, and the best is yet to come. You know, you can say it through, you can look at it through a cynical view and say, well, everybody's going to say, we got, we want to win now, blah, blah, blah. But I do think that Logie acknowledged a couple things in his press conference today. I have not seen the entire thing. I only saw about the first seven minutes of it. But I, I do think that Logie, he acknowledged first and foremost the state of affairs of college basketball. As he just said right at the end there, there's no such thing as a four year plan in college basketball anymore. That doesn't exist. So he acknowledged that he knows that that is. Exactly the way that it's all working right now. Uh, he also acknowledged that there's a lot of pressure to win, and he understands that he they have a an overturned roster, and this could be a rebuild. But that's going to be the the test here is can they rebuild it quickly? Because when Danny Sprinkle took over, there was sort of a cautiously optimistic thought that he might be able to turn it around. There's nothing to turn around now. you got to sustain it. And so I think Logie, at the very least, understands the situation he is in. And now we'll see. Now we'll see if his system works. Andrew, what do you think of all this? Because you you actually were the one that got me thinking about the, the, the consistency of the system. You pointed that out on Monday. If you win 25 games a year for 11 years in a row, it's pretty tried and true that it's your success is much more about the, the sum of the parts rather than who the parts are. But how does that then marry with this um, with with Matt Logie taking over the two-time defending Big Sky champs, but that don't have any players at least at this exact moment remaining on the roster? Well, we don't know, and that's the, exactly. the big thing about it. But I think that that last little bit that we just played there is probably an encouraging start to things. If you're sure. a Montana State fan, I mean, it sounds like he's he's very realistic. You know, I, I love the bit about him saying there's no four-year plan in college basketball anymore. Right, right. We've talked a ton about that. You just have to, to bring in new players every year. What your team was last year, even if you have players with eligibility left, has no bearing on what your team is going to be next year. And it sounds like he recognizes that. It sounds like he has a plan to deal with that. Now, whether his plan, whether he's able to execute that plan, now coming up from the non-D1 level, 
uh, remains to be seen. But I think it's interesting that he, I guess I would say, is embracing the realities of what's happening in the game this day, this day and age. And, you know, he's focusing on that rather than saying, you know, we have a great culture here. All we need to do is to build on this. I think that would be a, a, a dangerous thing to do. Raekwon Battle, Great Osabar, and Robert Ford were all at this press conference. Darius Brown was not. Uh, I thought that was worth noting. I don't know if that means anything. I was actually thinking that those guys probably went to this press conference on behalf of Danny Sprinkle. I don't know if he told them to go, but I think that he probably instilled enough respect in them that they wanted to go just to be seen and be a part of the process. I don't know if that means anything more than just that those guys were there because they still care about Bobcat basketball for sure. That's the thing is these guys aren't leaving because they hate Montana State or they hated their experience. Their experience just got fundamentally altered when Danny Sprinkle left. Well, let me ask you this, Andrew, and we'll take a break after this. If Danny Sprinkle was at Utah State and Matt Logie had been hired and none of these players were in the transfer portal, what would you think of the hire? Um, I'd, I'd not, I don't think I would think that much different. I think I would assume that those yeah. players were just going to go in the transfer portal in the future. <laughs> like, what, do, I, what does that say, right? For sure. We are both so cynical about this because we are just no longer surprised when any of this stuff happens. Like you can, I mean, at this point, when you're somebody that covers it on a day-to-day basis and you tweet about it and talk about it on the radio every day, I mean, I'm completely numb to it. We've seen the Big Sky MVP walk out the door like three years in a row. Right. I don't even know what else to say. Like we're, it is this kind of, it, it, it's actually like more surprising if it doesn't happen, right? Like if Dylan Jones is playing for Weaver State in November, that'll be more surprising to me than any of the guys that have left the Big Sky, unfortunately. Yeah, that's why, you know, I would have just assumed that they were waiting to see who the Montana State hired yeah. before going into the transfer portal, but I don't think that would have changed anything. I also wonder, too, you know, because there's some people that are saying, okay, Matt Logie was in town this last weekend, as was Chris Capco. Uh, Grant Osobar and Robert Ford entered the portal on Monday after meeting these guys. So they were, maybe there's some speculation that they weren't impressed with either of these guys or weren't impressed with the Logie hire. I think that comes with a grain of salt as well. I think that there's a certain element here of guys straight entering the transfer portal to enter the transfer portal so they can get a bunch of attention. Like, it won't surprise me. Matt Logie's about to go recruit. His first guys, I guarantee you he's already recruiting them, are the guys that are in the portal that are that were at Montana State last year. I think sometimes guys are entering in the portal so that, you know, these anonymous recruiting Twitter accounts can say, Darius Brown has offers from Notre Dame. You know what I mean? And I'm not picking on Darius Brown by any means, but I do think there's an element of well, everybody's doing it. I want to be a part of it. I want to see who I can get offered by too. Sure, but that often that doesn't often lead to players coming back <laughs> to their schools. I you right, do not see right. a lot of examples that's of right. tweets saying, "Well, so and so has decided to withdraw his name for from sure. the transfer portal." For sure. Even though certainly I think the door is still open for those guys at Montana State. I mean, Montana State's a great school. It's a great program. Both the programs in Montana are awesome, and both college towns are great. If you get to go on official visits to those places, you're going to have a good time. But guess what? If you go on an official visit to Alabama <laughs> or UCLA, like the, the experience is just such a high level. I mean, I'll never forget Dakota Prukop telling me about his visits to Alabama, Penn State, and Oregon when he was grad transferring from Montana State. And he's like, man, this blew me away. Like, it's just, it's a totally different world. So a, a lot to be determined. We'll come back to this here uh, later on in the show. This is Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Matt Logie officially in at Montana State. 
Let's talk, though, time, place, and singularly special athletes. I want to rehash the conversation I had with Rajim last week with Andrew. We'll do that next. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Colter Nuanas here coming to you from the ESPN MT studio on behalf of ESPN Missoula as well as Skyline Sports. We're here with one of our best sponsors, one of our best partners here at Blackfoot Communications. This is a fun one for me, though, because this is like full circle. This is this is life coming full circle for us. We're here with Judy Gear. I actually knew Judy as just a baseball mom and one of the moms of my buddies growing up when we were little kids. Judy is the channel development manager at Blackfoot Communications. How long have you been there at Blackfoot? Just about nine years. Well, so tell people just about that role. I mean, what is it that you do there at Blackfoot? At Blackfoot, we have certified channel partners uh, who sell Blackfoot services on behalf of Blackfoot. So they own their own companies. They're a local or a regional provider, and they work with Blackfoot to sell our services to their clients. So it really expands Blackfoot's reach in the area. What's your favorite part about this role they have there at Blackfoot? It's the relationships. Yeah. Blackfoot people, and I know that we talk about our culture and we talk about our people, and they are just the best of the best. And I would say that that our partners are that as well. They own their own companies, they have their own staff, but I'm the conduit for them within Blackfoot. So it's a real unique role. I work with other people and other companies and other businesses on behalf of Blackfoot. Well, Blackfoot's so great at helping all sorts of different businesses grow. They've helped us here at ESPN Radio and at Skyline Sports grow so much, and it's uh, it's been a great collaboration. So if you want to find out how Blackfoot can help you, visit goblackfoot.com. ESPN Radio. Andrew's like, what is this song? <laughs> I don't even know why I got on that one today, but we used to listen to that song all the time, cleaning the house after having parties in college. It's old. I'm old. Welcome back. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Was feeling in a techno mood when I was making the show bright and early this morning. So it's like dance music is what we got going on today. And then we're going hard turn right because I realized there was three songs called Around the World. And I wanted to listen to all three because of just the uh, the differences in all three. Hope you're having a great day. Thanks so much for kicking it with us. I, I want to rehash out a discussion we had last week with our good buddy Rajim Seabrook. So I saw the movie Air, uh, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon film, all about Sonny Vaccaro, Phil Knight, and the quest by Nike to sign Michael Jordan. Of course, uh, usually I don't like sports movies because you almost always know the end before you even see the movie. Of course, we all know the ending of this one. Nike obviously signed Michael Jordan. They obviously gave him his own shoe, and it obviously became one of the great pop culture phenomenons in the history of, I mean, not even just America, in the history of the world, for sure. The, the partnership between Michael Jordan and Nike and the subsequent rise of Michael Jordan as a basketball player is probably one of the 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 most transcendent moments in terms of going from an unconnected world to a globalized world. I mean, is is there a better example of early on globalization than the fame that Michael Jordan reached for playing basketball and wearing tennis shoes? I don't know. I think I think it's an unbelievable. Uh, Phenomenon. So we'll start this conversation with Andrew is, uh, I think, seven years younger than I am. What is your perspective on Michael Jordan? Because when Michael Jordan was at the height of his powers, 
you were a small, small child, certainly not watching the NBA at any high level yet, right? Correct. I think the only time that I've like watched Jordan play, but like remember watching Jordan play basketball was like his last All Star game. Would that have been like oh one when he was on the Wizards? When he was with the Wizards. And You're from DC, so you probably remember Jordan Wizards more than Jordan Bulls. Sure, but I never, I never, then, you know, went to yeah. go see him live. Never watched him on TV. I think I just remember that one All Star game where it was him and Kobe and AI and sure, all those guys. Sure, sure. So what is then your perspective of Michael Jordan? Like, when you hear old guys having the barbershop conversation about, you know, Jordan and whoever, because that's like the most funny barbershop conversation. Even we we got lunch at the Despo after cleaning our garage the other day, mm-hmm. and even the guys behind us were arguing Jordan LeBron. I'm like, this is the greatest conversation. People talk about this all across the country all the time. It's It's amazing. It's amazing that we have this, like, eternal debate about basketball players. But what is your perspective just on the phenomenon that is Michael Jordan then? Yeah, ironically, given the entry point to this conversation, I think the biggest reason why he remains enduring to somebody of my generation is the shoes. Sure, right. I mean, you just ordered some new J's the other day. I'm playing in, yeah. <laughs> Even hooping in them, yeah. New hoop shoes, yeah. And that's why, like, it was such an incredible business move for both of them, right? I think that's true for a lot of people is that Jordan's enduring legacy, I mean, in streetwear culture and fashion has sure. been the Air Jordan line of shoes, and then, of course, the, I mean, those are still the hippest, the flyest. They're dro- they're retroing those every year. They're dropping a new retro every week. Still the coolest shoes that there are. How much of the perception that Michael, that, the, that Air Jordans are the coolest shoe that there are comes from the shoe design itself and how much comes from Michael Jordan inseparable inseparable they're both that's yeah. that's why it's the most brilliant marketing campaign in the history of a product right Be- because they made they made it about the product and the person and then they became one yeah i mean you have the unassailable just swag factor from both sides you have the coolest basketball player right and the coolest design shoes particularly back in the 80s right early 90s right you put those together there's no you know everybody thinks that's cool for one reason or another there's a certain element of just the perfect time and place for this as well. The NBA was in the midst of, of, a, of an explosion. For people that don't know uh, the old history of the NBA, the NBA was not popular in the 1950s, 60s, or 70s. There was, like, guys like Bill Russell and Wilt Chamberlain and Jerry West did not play on live television almost ever. There might have been a handful of games in a year that were ever on actual live TV, the NBA Finals was tape delayed and shown like after hours. So there was no real exposure. And then, of course, we all know the story. Magic Johnson versus Larry Bird in the 1979 NCAA championship game. Those guys then are both top picks in the next year's draft. And then Magic Johnson wins a title as a rookie in 1980. And all of a sudden now the league is surging. Then Bird wins one in 81. And then... They go back and forth, and the, and the Celtics-Lakers dynasty kicks it into overdrive. So they set the table, certainly, for Michael Jordan. But then Jordan had these certain things that established him uh, as this, this, trans, this, this rising star. Of course, the shot to win the national championship game in 1982. 
then the 1984 Olympics. I think that you could point to that as as such a launching point in American history because it was in Los Angeles four years after the United States had boycotted the Olympics in Russia. It's at the height of the Cold War. Ronald Reagan's the president. God bless America. Born in the USA. Like, it's the coolest thing in the world. Everybody loves being an American. And then we get to host the Olympics, and then we dominate the Olympics, and the best player on the Olympic team is Michael Jordan and Bobby Knight, who at that moment in the American lexicon was absolutely considered the best basketball coach in the world. He proclaims multiple times during that Olympics that Michael Jordan is the best player I have ever played, that I have ever coached. That then sent Michael Jordan into the stratosphere. But then he gets signed, he gets drafted by the Chicago Bulls. And I think being in that market and also having the upward trajectory that he had, but then also the rebellion of what the Air Jordans represented. Everybody in the league was wearing Converse at the time. There was no custom shoes. But there was also rules by the NBA that you couldn't wear shoes unless they were 88% white or something like that. Everybody had to wear homogenized shoes. Nike and Jordan said, well, we don't care. We're making black and red shoes like the black and red Bulls jerseys, and we're just going to pay the fine. Fine us as much as you want. We don't care because we're going to sell so many shoes. We don't care. But then I always wonder, like Nike went after Magic Johnson. They went after Dominique Wilkins before they signed Michael Jordan. Those guys turned Nike away because everybody thought Nike was just, you know, waffle shoes for running the 800 meters. They didn't think it was a basketball shoes company. So then my two questions are, what if Nike would have made a custom shoe for someone else besides Michael Jordan? Would it have risen to the same number, the same height? And what if Jordan would have went elsewhere? Could he have reached the same height if he would have said, say, signed with Adidas instead of Nike? Yeah, big sliding doors theory. I think right. Magic could have pulled it off, certainly. Right. Because he is the same type of personality. Uh, you know, the Lakers were certainly the team of the 80s. There were a lot of for sure. very interesting, cool design things that you could... I mean, red and black for the Bulls is classic, but the purple and gold. Well, right. You put that on shoes, you're taking design influences sure. from people in Los Angeles. I, I think he could have pulled it off. The, the similarities are that they're both incredibly gregarious, uh, handsome guys with million-dollar smiles that like being in front of the camera. Th- th- those parallels exist. Magic was a wizard with the ball, and he's so fun to watch. But I think that the one, one of the most underrated parts of the phenomenon of Michael Jordan was them having such a simplistic yet brilliant name, Air Jordan. Sure. And this guy walked on air. And it seemed like, I, I remember when I was a little kid, I thought if I got Air Jordans, I could jump higher. Like, I thought that they made you fly. And that's like a, a, such a simple yet unbelievable marketing It's a more easily visible superpower than being like a passing genius or whatever is what you're saying. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, Magic's purple and gold shoes aren't going to make him throw behind the back passes. But you're like, Michael Jordan's shoes with the big tongue. No, and you're right. All of a sudden, I could walk on air. I could dunk like Jordan. But then I, I also think that there's a moment in time here. Uh, there's a person, a place, a theme, all that. But then I also think that demeans Michael Jordan. I think that Michael Jordan is truly, just in terms of his energy and, and what he projects as his persona, I think a lot of other people could have fallen into this opportunity and been wildly successful. But I don't think anybody would have been, you know, famous in Ghana <laughs> and famous in Kosovo. Except Michael Jordan. I think I think he himself is the only person that could have made it rise to this height. 
I think that's a fair point. One thing that you brought up when talking, uh, particularly with Rajim, about this is, uh, you know, Jordan's compulsive competitiveness. Yeah, yeah. And his concentration on winning. For sure. To the detriment of everything else. For sure. But actually, what made Jordan the perfect pitch man was that he had both that and also he seemed like he seemed like a guy who would be cool to hang out with, right? A hundred percent. Be like Mike. Everybody wanted to be like Mike. And if you could be like Mike, you want to hang out with Mike. Right. You can win everything and still have a great time. For sure. For and sure. be the coolest guy For in sure. the room. For sure. I, I don't think a lot of people, like Magic was a great competitor. I don't think he had like the vicious competitiveness of Michael Jordan. And the juxtaposition between all of those things is like such a rare breed. Well, And then you also had this other magical moment in time where... There's all these guys that are jockeying for NBA supremacy. Magic Johnson and Larry Bird are sort of on the, their their last years as elite players in the NBA. Charles Barkley is on a stark rise. Carl Malone, Patrick Ewing, David Robinson, they're all entering their prime. And at this exact moment, Jordan had only won one title. And then because the Soviet Union beat the United States in the 1988 Olympics, they redo the entire structure of USA basketball, they allow NBA players to play and to get the dream team. The dream team not only completely globalized basketball, but also all those guys got to spend a year together. And by the time that that was all done, every single one of them was like, yeah, I'm the second best player in the world. Yeah, I'm the second most competitive guy I've ever met. They would all argue with each other who's better, but none of them thought they were better than Jordan, and none of them knew they could beat Jordan. And none of them would say anything about it because they knew that he would <laughs> hear that. For sure. And then, like, to your point, there's there's the legends of Monte Carlo and stuff, right? Like, you know, Larry Bird is famous for loving to stay up late drinking beer and playing cards. He said, I couldn't hang with Michael Jordan. He'd right. stay up till 4 in the morning, and then he's ready to, to go for a run at 6. And Barkley was here. the only guy who could hang with him. Barkley's and Barkley the only guy would, that could hang. Yeah. There's the documentary I want. I want the documentary of the, the hidden tapes of what those guys were saying when they were playing cards and drinking until the wee hours of the morning in Monte Carlo during the Olympics. That would be the greatest, most entertaining thing uh, that you could possibly uh, find. It, it's... I guess the last thing here is, and I think that this is the other part about Jordan that I think this has only happened really, really twice in, in modern American sports. Sonny Vaccaro in air. This is the only spoiler alert I'll give you. Matt Damon's character has a great line where he talks about how it's the American way to build up our heroes. And we build them from rising star to superstar to almost a godlike level until all of a sudden they're so heroic in our minds that all they can do is fail. We did that to Jordan four times, and he had multiple times where he misstepped, whether it was breaking his foot during his second year in the NBA or getting beat relentlessly in the playoffs throughout the rest of the 1980s or three-peating but then walking away from the game and going and playing for the Birmingham Bulls to then coming back from that. He he fell, he fell, he fell, and he always came back. He's one of the only, he and Tiger Woods are the only two guys that really had just the, the, the tragic fall and then the rise from the ashes. And that in itself is the perfect American story. If we can build you up and knock you down and then you come back at an even higher level, now you are the hero among all heroes. And, the, and now 
you're unbreakable. I mean, look at Tiger Woods now. Tiger Woods couldn't have wrecked his life worse, yet he still is the number one draw in professional golf still, and he's 50, and he can't even walk. Yeah, I mean, everything that you're saying is correct. Kobe had a little bit of that. Kobe had a little bit, but there was always whispers and haters. People seem to forget about all the stuff. When Tiger Woods is playing in the Masters, people don't talk about any of the stuff with Tiger Woods. Yeah. Even when Kobe had the renaissance and he came back and he won it without Shaq and without Phil Jackson, people would still whisper, what about Colorado? What about when he drove Shaquille O'Neal out of there? How many could they won if Shaq would have stayed? There was always this group of haters for Kobe. Jordan never had that. Yeah, I guess what I would just say is it takes an immense amount of charisma to be able to do that. Uh, absolutely. And also having Nike with a multi-billion dollar marketing budget to spin your the tail of you uh, also uh, certainly helps. And that brings it back around to the last part of your question. I'm not sure Jordan could have done it without Nike, right? The other way, The other way around. Absolutely. Nike and then Gatorade and then all the other things. I mean, he became too big to fail because so many people had their, their money behind him at that point. <laughs> it's a phenomenal movie. It's a phenomenal discussion. If you can go see it, go see it. I would say more than any of the talking points we just threw at you, the number one thing I liked about Air is it's a movie. It's just about being happy. It's not some thought. You know, it's not some think tank movie. It's not some drama. It's not some tragedy. There's no bigger meaning. It's not depressing. It's just a really good movie. It's just a really good, happy movie. You already know how it's going to end. The acting's phenomenal. The music's phenomenal. Go check it out uh, if you can. Speaking of having a good time, how about some wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill? That plus a kickoff of our NBA playoffs conversation for the day. Wing of Wednesday. Dozen wings. Full free. Coming right at you. Keep it right here. Nuana's Now, ESPN Radio. For unquestionably committed coverage of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics from a homegrown local source, you can count on Skyline Sports. The grassroots news-gathering organization is owned and operated by Coulter and Brooks Nuanas, a pair of Missoula natives and University of Montana graduates. For the best sports journalism in the state, you can choose to buy local when you choose to buy Skyline Sports. For $8 a month or $90 a year, you can get the best coverage available at SkylineSportsMT.com. Skyline Sports, every day, every season. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I'm feeling in a weird mood today. That's why we're listening to some weird music. Welcome back to Now ESPN Radio. Hope you're having a great day. It's a Wednesday. We're going to make your day better. How about a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill? Despo located there on Russell Street. Andrew and I crushed some wings a couple weeks ago. Very delicious. Best Wings in the City of Missoula, as uh, named by you, the voting public in Best of Missoula, for years and years and years in a row. Go check out the Despo. They're a great place to watch hockey, great place to watch baseball. They got burgers, beers, great French fries, but the wings are what keep you coming back for more. We got a dozen wings for you to the Desperado right now, 406-888-1029. Fastest draw, caller number 2, 888-1029. Call right now, 888-1029, caller number 2. We got a basket of wings for you to the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. We're up against it here in hour number one. But we have a lot of NBA talk coming up in hour number two. Austin Green, a great friend of the show. Uh, he works for a great analytics and basketball uh, analysis company called Cerebros, which is owned by Mark Cuban. 
Uh, he'll be our guest on the ESPN Roundtable to talk all things NBA playoffs. I also have a little bit of a beef. I don't want to be a hater, and I totally understand the spirit of college basketball, the competition, uh, the fact that it's all young people, and that, that in itself is just inherently inspiring and entertaining. But from a pure basketball purist standpoint, there's no way you can tell me anything we just watched in March Madness is anywhere close to some of the skill and display of talent and just pure spectacle that has been the NBA playoffs so far. And we're only a couple games in. News on the NBA playoffs. Just got this alert on my phone. John Morant out for game two uh, against the Lakers. That one's scheduled for tonight. Uh, We'll have that game on the radio tonight. But the Lakers beat the Grizzlies down in Memphis, and now Ja might be out. Take it to the machine. Go get it before the number goes up. I don't know if I'd bet the, the house on the Lakers, but I would definitely, in terms of the spread, but I might I might get a little bit on the Lakers uh, on the money line. Uh, go check it out there at Sportsbet Montana. Why the NBA is definitively, unquestionably, and objectively better than college basketball, plus a whole bunch of big questions about the NBA playoffs. That's an hour number two full of basketball, plus some track and field as well. That's next. Keep it right here. Nuwana's Now, ESPN Radio. What's up, everybody? It's Coulter Nuanas From your favorite daily sports talk show, Nuanas Now, which airs live each weekday between 4 and 6 p.m. on 102.9 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide television, SWX Montana TV, and worldwide on the ESPN MT app. And of course, as you're listening right now, you can always find Nuanas Now archived as well on the Nuanas Now podcast. If you haven't checked out the M Store in downtown Missoula, you need to. At the M Store, they're all Grizz all the time. They have some of the best, but more importantly, most unique selection of Grizz gear you're going to find anywhere. They got stuff that nobody else in town, nobody else in the state of Montana has available. And right now, the M Store has a whole bunch of great deals going on. April specials include huge percentage discounts on all headwear, sweatshirts, and jackets. They also are now an authorized Apple service provider. They offer computer repair. They got MacBooks, iPads, and a whole bunch of great Apple products in store there as well. Go check out the M Store, located at the corner of Higgins and Broadway in downtown Missoula, Montana. It's a great new location, a ton of merchandise, all April long at the M Store. Polos, headwear, sweatshirts, jackets. Go check out all their maroon and silver. The M Store, where they're all grizz all the time. 